In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy Coptic New Year. This is the uh, first Sunday of Toot, which is the first month of the Coptic year. Um, and during this beginning time of the year, we speak about like the beginning of the ministry of Christ and specifically uh, with John the Baptist because he was the forerunner, the one who came before Christ and preparing the way for his ministry. And we read about John the Baptist in the scripture reading today in Luke chapter 7. It says, And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. So John the Baptist prepared the way for the people. And so that when Christ came and he preached, when the people heard him as referring to Christ, even those ha uh, who are the tax collectors and the sinners, because they had been baptized and prepared by John the Baptist, they were able to listen and to heed the words of Christ. So John's baptism or John's uh, ministry was very important because it prepared the way. When, when Christ came and he preached, the people were willing to listen and to repent. So what are some of the lessons that we can learn from the life of St. John the Baptist? The first is that most of his life was very private. We don't know much about his life. For instance, he was born um, six months before Christ's birth. So he was around 30 years old when he appears on the scene in the scripture. And we know very, very little about these past 30 years. What is it? How is it that he spent these 30 years? We know that he spent time in the wilderness and that he uh, ate uh, locusts and honey. And he lived like as a monk, you know, we, in the church, we, we refer to John the Baptist um, as the first monk because he lived like the life of a monk in seclusion in the wilderness. Um, and we know that his ministry was very short. It lasted only a few months. And then after that, he was imprisoned and beheaded. But despite it being short, he fulfilled the ministry that was prophesied about even in the Old Testament. When Isaiah the prophet says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for God. This is a, a prophecy of Saint, uh, Saint John the Baptist, that he was the one who was the one crying in the wilderness. He was the one who was telling the people to repent, to change, that the, the Savior is coming, the Messiah is coming. So Saint John was able to prepare the hearts of the people to receive this message. But he spent 30 years in preparation for this, and his ministry was only a few months. You know, maybe in our life we think of it the opposite. We spend a period of time preparing, like let's say we are educated for a period of time, and then we are expecting that we would be working with um, the degree that we earned or whatever the case might be for a longer time than for the amount that it took to prepare. But here, St. John the Baptist, he prepared for these 30 years to only have a few months of, of ministry, right? And so we have to understand what is this preparation period and what is it that Christ is preparing us for. Sometimes we are always very anxious and quick to want to dive right in and to do something. We have goals, we have dreams, we have hopes, we feel like maybe God wants us to do something, and we're very quick to act. You know, we see maybe this as an example with Moses. Moses, when he was in Egypt, he felt the time had come for him to act. The time had come to liberate the Hebrews from the Egyptians, so he decided to act. And when he acted, he acted rashly. He acted by killing an Egyptian, which completely ruined the plans that he had in his mind. And he had to flee from Egypt and he spent 40 years in the desert. Sometimes we feel like we want to act now. There's something that we want to do. There's some important goal that we have. There's some, some, some need that exists and we want to act now. But sometimes God is telling us, wait, don't act now. You're still being prepared. You know, maybe for, for those who are younger that are getting ready to, 
embark on their life and you know they're in this process of pre preparing for their life and being educated and so on uh, maybe these people they always want to grow up faster they always want to get out into the real world faster but inevitably those people for instance who have just graduated from college and have started to work and I asked them so what do you think is it what you thought it was is it as good as you imagined it to be and they said no I wish I was back in school again right so what happens is is we have a dream of what the future is going to look like and we want to be there but maybe God wants us for this period of time he wants us to be where we are he wants us to focus on our inner life and the greatest thing that we can do during the period where we have the most time is is in the period of our youth and the period of our availability is to focus on our relationship with God that we want to grow in God so that we can fulfill the great missions that God has asked us to do. Someone like St. John the Baptist, he, he, he was greatly tempted. I mean, he, it was very easy for him to back down when everyone was against him. Everyone was fighting against him. And he was threatened with death. And he was threatened with all of these things, right? But at the same time, he remained very committed to his mission of what he was called to do. And this is because he had a, a strong foundation in his life. He had already prepared. He already had a close connection with God. He had already lived an ascetic life. There was nothing in the world that tempted him. There was nothing that, that you know, really made him feel like he really wanted to, to have it. Right? He, was, he was content with the life that he had and he was willing to die for this message. So he, he, because he was already prepared in this way, whenever it was time for him to actually go and embark on his ministry, he was able to do it successfully, even if it was as short as it was, even if it was only for three months. This is one of the reasons also that whenever we choose patriarchs in the church, we choose them from among monks. Right? The, the people that we choose to be the ones that are the most visible are the ones that chose to be the least visible. Right? You think about that. The people who, who, who chose a life of seclusion and a life to be alone and a life to do nothing but pray, those are the ones whom we select to be the ones that are the most visible, the ones that are the most well-known, the ones that are leaders of the whole church, because they never sought this. They never desired this. Their goal is not personal. They don't have a, a personal goal in, in, in wanting to lead or have authority. Instead, they had chosen a life with Christ alone. And that's why we chose them, because they have chosen this inner life, this private life that they are focusing on, which God was actually using to prepare them for the next life. So from this we learn what God is, often puts us in periods of preparation. We shouldn't be so anxious to get to the next phase in our life until this period of preparation that God has allowed us to be in is complete. The second thing we learn from the life of St. John the Baptist is that he died for the truth. St. John's whole purpose in his life was all revolved around the truth. He didn't compromise this message even when he was threatened with death and he, he valued the truth more than anything. And he didn't live for his own comforts. He didn't live for his own desires. He didn't have his own personal goals. He didn't have anything of that. He, his entire purpose for existence was to preach the truth and to prepare the way of Christ. We read about in Matthew chapter 3 about John. It says, John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. He was detached from the world. And because he was detached from the world, he was able to look at it objectively. He was able to speak about it objectively. He was not part of the system. He was able to look at the system from the outside and to declare what it was and to explain it for what it was and to be honest and truthful with it because he wasn't blinded by it. He wasn't attracted by its lusts. 
He wasn't deceived by it. He wasn't blinded by it. He could look at it from a distance and say, this is what this is, right? And anyone who was falling into sin, anyone who was, who was um, deceiving the people like the Pharisees, anyone who's a hypocrite, he could point them out and call them out and tell them exactly what it was. So he lived his entire life for Christ. And for this reason, it wasn't difficult for him to die for the truth because the truth is the only thing that mattered to him. Sometime in our life, um, the truth is not the only thing that matters. Maybe to us, what, what really matters to me is a certain relationship, or what matters to me is a certain pleasure that I have, or what matters to me is my career, or what matters to me is my financial situation. Whatever it is that matters to us, this is where we will put our time and our energy, and this is what we will sacrifice for. But for St. John, it was the truth. He wanted to declare the truth. He wanted to see salvation brought to everyone. And so for this reason, he declared the truth to everyone. And he was willing to die for it, right? This is the true measure of what we really care about. What is it that we're willing to die for? What is it that we're willing to sacrifice even our own lives for? This is what we care about the most. And maybe if we're honest with ourselves, maybe the answer to that question is we're not willing to die for anything because what I care about the most is myself and preserving myself is my greatest goal. And it's sad, but I think maybe in a lot of cases, if we're very honest with ourselves, we find that this is the truth. The thing that I care most about is myself and I want to protect myself, my interests more than anyone or anything else. And this is not, I don't say this so that we could, you know, to condemn us. I say this so that we could be, have be sober minded about the reality of who we are. This, if this is where we find ourselves, then maybe we have a long way to go to reach that level of sacrifice and love that Christ is calling us to. But it means that we can make a start. It means that we can continue walking on the path. It means we can go ask God, say, God, I want to love the truth. I want to be able to die for the truth like St. John did and not only be consumed with my own interests and my own comforts. So this is important for us to see this example of St. John the Baptist, that he he, he loved the truth. He loved God and he wanted to declare this message to the people regardless of personal sacrifice that it meant for him. The third lesson that we learned from the life of St. John is that when he spoke the truth, he spoke it even to those in power. He didn't speak the truth only in the, you know, in the, in the hidden rooms. He didn't speak the truth only kind of in, a, in, in a safe places. He didn't speak the truth only to those people who wanted to hear it from him or were like-minded. He went to the very heart of his enemies, of those people who are completely against the truth that he was preaching, and he preached it to them boldly and without fear and, 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 and without changing the message. We read in Matthew chapter 3, when St. John is speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he says to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He said this to those who were coming to see what he was doing. They, everyone heard that St. John was baptizing. And so these Pharisees, they came to see what he was doing, but they didn't come because they were repenting. They, they, they came because of all the attention that he was getting. And when, he, when they came, he condemned them and he spoke specifically to them. Also, he rebuked Herod, who was the king. He rebuked him for marrying his brother's wife. And he did this very directly. He, he didn't say it secretly. He said it very directly. And he was very consistent with his message. No matter who he was speaking to, he spoke the truth. So again, we ask ourselves this question. Is sometimes it's easy for us to speak the truth when we're speaking to our families or our friends or when we're in the church. But when we're out in the world, we ask the question is, do we change the way that we speak? Uh, do we avoid certain topics? If a, if a certain controversial topic comes up, 
you know, I'm not saying that we are going to go around just pointing at everyone and condemning them for things. I'm saying, let's say a certain controversial topic comes up, a topic that is uh, very important and a topic that we have a very strong stance on in the church. And that topic comes up. And then we have now an opportunity to share what it is that we believe, even if it is a very unpopular even if it's a very unpopular belief, even if it's something that we would get, people would be maybe offended by what we say. King Herod was offended very much by John the Baptist when he told them that, you know, what you're doing is immoral, having married your brother's wife. So we ask ourselves again, is our goal just to be friends with the most people? Is that what a Christian is? We speak about how Christianity is the religion of love and that God is love. But in what way is it love? What kind of love is it? Is it a love that, that simply avoids talking about things like this? Or is it a love that speaks the truth for the purpose of salvation of the world? How is it that as Christians we are going to save the world? How is it that we're going to save the world? We can only save the world by preaching the truth. We can only save the world by showing the love of God that He has shown for us. And the love that He shows us is not a love that, that dismisses sin. It's not a love that when we fall into sin ourselves, that God dismisses it and says, no big deal. Just do, do as you like. I love you. And so everything is good. Maybe, yes, God loves us regardless of what sins we commit. But we still put ourselves in danger and we separate ourselves from God when we sin. And so God rebukes us. We are who are his children. You know, one thing that the world doesn't understand about Christians when we speak about the truth is a lot of times they feel like we are the ju judging them. We feel like we are the ones that are perfect in every way, or at least claiming to be perfect. And we are looking at the world kind of objectively and saying, you people are sinners and you people are, are doing bad things and this is wrong, wrong, wrong. We are, ourselves are subject to the same law. We ourselves are sinners subject to the same law. Every time we tell someone on the outside, what you're doing is a sin, it's also a sin for me when I do it because I'm also a sinner, right? And when we speak this message of truth to people, we have to make sure that we say it in this way. I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying that I'm better than you. I'm not judging you for what you are. I'm saying that we are the same. The only difference is not in us. The only, the only difference is that I am a child of God. The only difference is that God is forgiving me because I'm repenting, right? Are you repenting? Are you asking God for forgiveness? I'm no better than you at all, but God is the one who covers my sin. So it's important for us to also be able to speak the truth regardless of the social pressure, regardless of who it is that we are speaking to just as St. John did. The fourth lesson that we can learn from the life of St. John is that he was very much focused on other people's success, right? Not his own, right? His goal was not his own success. His goal was Christ's success. His goal was the ministry of Christ. And he pointed to Christ in everything that he did. For instance, when he preached, it says what the next day when uh, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As Christ became more and more known, all of St. John's own disciples would leave him. They would leave him and they would go to Christ. And the people were, 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 you know, were telling John, like they're telling him, all of your disciples are leaving you and they're going after him. And he said, what? Yes. You know, his response in John chapter 3, He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He's saying the church, the believers, this, this is the bride. 
and the bride is intended to marry the bridegroom who who is christ and 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 like the best man essentially the 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 friend of the bridegroom he rejoices when he sees the 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 bride and the bridegroom married this is actually the whole purpose of the best man the best man is not the focus in a wedding the best man is there to rejoice at the wedding of of his friend or his close relative with his bride and this is what saint john did he was joyful when he saw that Christ and the bride, the church, are wed, right? This is whole, his whole purpose for being. So whenever he had any of these disciples of his own, followers of his own, and then when Christ came, they left him and followed Christ, this actually brought joy to St. John. This didn't, didn't make him feel sad that these people are leaving. No, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. And so St. John shows us like a very important principle. There are times where we are not on top. They are not, there are times where the focus is not us. There are times where we are supporting someone else. You know, kind of like if anyone has ever played a musical instrument, there are some instruments where you're like the first chair, where you're playing like the melody, right? And the melody is like the most beautiful sounding of the music. And the one that is the most, uh, you know, recognizable. You know, when I was in orchestra in middle school, everyone wanted to be the first chair because you could actually listen to the song that you're playing and you could actually recognize it as sounding like the music right the other chairs or the other instruments that were less recognizable didn't sound like anything they just sounded like you know monotonous tones that were just there in the background that if you would listen to it you wouldn't even recognize that this is the music that you were playing so nobody wanted to be that second chair third chair right those are the people that played the instruments that the, the parts of the music that just nobody wanted to play right but here saint john is showing us the importance of that support role Right? The, the role where maybe I am, my, what God is calling me to do, at least right now, in one area of my life, is to support another person, is to rejoice at the success of another person, is to elevate another person. Maybe I'm the one that has to decrease and someone else has to increase. Right? This is part of our service when we serve one another and we show love to one another. So here St. John shows us this, that he was willing to decrease. He was not in it for himself. He was not out for notoriety or for fame or money or anything. He was there simply to point people to Christ and it wasn't about him. Right? So we should learn this um, in our own lives as well. It is not about us. It is not about us. Maybe it's about some other person. Or maybe it's about, we say, no, it's about Christ, actually. It's not about me. I'm not drawing people to myself. I'm drawing people to God. The last uh, lesson we can learn from the life of St. John is that he was successful despite not having any earthly position. Sometimes we focus very much on attaining positions. We want a position with a title because that position with a title we feel like we will have influence. We can have influence. We can have authority. If I have a position with a title and I can have more money and I can have more things, right? With a position with a title. St. John, he was not a deacon or a priest or an apostle. He didn't have any title at all, right? And yet by his righteousness, he was able to influence so much. And in such a short period of time, in the few months of his ministry, because he was righteous, because God was working with him. It says about um, St. John, Christ speaking about St. John in verse 28, says, for I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. There was not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, right? Even though he had no other position, right? He didn't have any other titles that we might think of, right, in the church. And yet he was so praised by Christ. So it's important for us to 
not try to go after positions necessarily, but to say in the position that I'm already in, in the place where I already am, how can I do the most good? How can I do the most good? I don't have to become a deacon. I don't have to become a priest. I don't have to become a bishop. I don't have to become a boss. I don't have to become whatever position that maybe I'm thinking about. I can do good where I am. I can serve people where I am. I can share the love of Christ where I am. I can evangelize where I am. In every way, where I am now is the place that God wants me to share him with other people. And the place where I am today is the place where he wants me to search for people around me and to serve them. That's what he wants from me if God wants to promote me at some point in the future and to make me whatever he wants great there's nothing wrong with that but I'm not waiting for that to begin to do my work I'm not waiting for that to be become diligent I'm not waiting for that to begin to be enthusiastic and motivated in what I am called to do whether it be in my job or whether to be in my home or whether it be in the church in whatever way I'm content where I am and I'm working where I am and I'm doing what it is that God has given me where I am even in the example of St. John when it was such a short period of time in the short period of time he was diligent and he was showed his righteousness he never complained he never said why God are you only giving me such a short period of time why God are you just essentially taking all my disciples away from me and giving to other people because it wasn't about him it was about other people and he didn't have any position so these five lessons that we learned from the life of Saint John the first was is that most of his life was private and God was preparing him for a great ministry so in the periods of preparation in our life, we should be patient and waiting for God to prepare us for something greater. The second is that he died for the truth. He didn't compromise the message. He wasn't afraid even to give his own life for it because that's how much conviction he had about it. The third is that he spoke the truth even to those in power, even against resistance. Even when he, he could suffer personal loss because of the truth that he was preaching, he never stopped and he never was afraid to share that truth with those who needed to hear it. The fourth is that he focused on other people's success and not his own. He didn't just want things for himself. He didn't just want his own success or his own popularity, his own fame, his own power. All he cared about was the success of Christ. And finally, he was successful despite not having any earthly position. So may God help us to learn the lessons of a great prophet like St. John the Baptist and to seek righteousness and to seek this um, boldness that St. John had in our ministry in the world. And glory be to God forever. Amen.